I'm Nikia Cheney. And I'm Cassidy Parong. And I'm Raina Shalise. And you're listening to Amplify, where we provide space to amplify the voices of students who have not been historically heard at Cabrillo. That would include Black, Chicano, Chicana, Latino, Latina, Indigenous, Asian, and any other group of students who feel marginalized on our campus. This podcast series was made possible by support from the Faculty Grants for Student Success, FGSS, and the Associated Students of Cabrillo College Grants, ASCC. If you want to join in this conversation or support our programs, please reach out. We'd love to hear your voice. Hi, good morning. My name is Halima Okusi, and I'm a volunteer host today at the Amplify podcast. And we have a guest speaker in the house today, and she'll be introducing herself. Hi, my name is Kamaya. Um, nice to meet you guys. It's nice to meet you too. Um, so Kamaya, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like a little bit of background on you? Um, I'm from Arkansas. I've been in California for about 10 years. Um, I attend BC, and I'm majoring in business administration. And I think I want to minor in marketing. So by BC, you mean Bakersfield College, right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, so um, you you said you moved from Arkansas to California. When did you move? And like, uh, uh, how was your move? How how was your experience in Arkansas in comparison to here in California? I moved here in 2010, I believe. Um, the move was very fast and hectic. It was not a nice move. Um, but since I've been in California, I really didn't like it at first. But when I moved here and I started to notice how, like, it was it was better for me education-wise, I started to, like, like it more out here. Um, Arkansas schools, they don't really too much focus on the children, especially the ones who need help, versus the ones who um, have already gotten it. If you got it, you're good. You're going to be set for out there um but if you don't got it you might as well just go ahead and stop going to school because they're not going to help you when you go into um california school systems well the majority of the school systems are here they tend to work for both kids who need help and kids who um don't need help as much help but it also depends on the parents too how much the parents are involved with children in order to help them mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, because I also learned in my uh, education class that most schools in California, usually like the ones around richer areas, because California just has more resources towards their school. So I guess it makes it more uh, sort of like better schools in the area. So more people uh, generally like to attend California schools. So can you tell us a little bit more about your experience in your Arkansas school? Um, when I was younger, around like the second grade, um, I have ADD, right? And I had a really bad speech problem at the time, very bad speech impairment. So I didn't have one-on-one time with a teacher because they had to deal with a bunch of other kids in the classroom. Um, I couldn't read. They didn't, they didn't want to help me read. It's not that they didn't want to help me read. They just didn't have enough resources to help me and the time to put into me. I needed one-on-one help, and they didn't have it available for me. 
do you feel like the current way we're like the students are educating or the students are being educated fully prepare them for like the future in Arkansas yes no or in California <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie in Arkansas the students out there I mean even if you do graduate they don't even tell the kids you know you should go to college and get a degree and when you get this degree make sure you love this degree and when you have, and, and when you love this degree make sure that you can do this degree. don't just get something that you love it make sure that you can do it mentally prepare yourself for it they don't set the kids up for a future they set them up for failure as soon as they're done with school they go into you know doing what their parents were doing or either go straight into debt because they don't tell those kids like, hey, you, you probably should go to college. You probably should keep going to school. Don't stop just because you just graduated. Or the kids who don't, you know, get a chance to graduate, who drop down like the ninth grade or something like that, they don't try to get them back into school. They don't have truancy officers going to the doors like they should. They don't call the parents of kids missing school. Like they don't care enough out there. So they, they don't set their kids up for um, preparation for the future. However, in, in California, I find that they, they set the kids up it depends. I've seen some schools in California, like I said, when the parents are very involved. Their kids are going to be prepared for the future. Um, the schools are always focused. The office people knows them. The principal knows them. They're going to be prepared because of the fact that they had someone evolved enough in their life to care and to help take care, you know, take care of them and make sure that they were able to get to reach the resources to um, be successful. It's not that California doesn't have the resources, they do, but it's a lot of times people are really lazy, they don't want to help kids. So in California, it's definitely, um, you can be prepared for the future, but sometimes there are those rare cases when people just don't focus enough on their children and you know they don't prepare enough. But they do have schools out here that need approving. Like I went to um, West High and you wouldn't believe that's a school in California. I've been to a lot of schools in California, but you wouldn't believe that school is a school in California just because they have barely any recess, like resources. The books are old, beaten up there. Um, they don't have a tutoring center. If they do have a tutoring center, I didn't find it. They never told me anything about it. They don't help the kids, really. Um, they don't set the kids up for preparation for their future. Um, even when I was, um, supposed to be going to cosmo, I want to do cosmetology at first. Even when I want to do that, I was two classes away from joining cosmetology to being set for my future. Um, I had a counselor. She was barely at the school most of the time. She was always out. Um, she never helped. Not one time. She never asked questions. She never even wanted to meet me. She told me that the only time she needs to see me is if I needed help with something. So when it was time for her to turn in my um, credits to the people for the cosmetology course, she said that it wasn't even worth putting me in because I was missing a whole, whole two semesters for sophomore and um, freshman year. But the um, truth was, she just looked at my transcript. My transcript would told her that I had already done all those credits and I was ahead on credits actually. So you have some schools like that out here where the school, doesn't, the school doesn't care enough for the kids. They don't care enough to help the kids be prepared. So, and that's a primarily African-American school, actually. They don't care um, a lot about, or minority school, to be honest with you. They don't care enough about those kids there. Schools like that, they don't care about where, whether the kids are going to go far in life. They don't really care. 
So it relates back to um, Arkansas Coyotes. That school reminds me of Arkansas because it doesn't really care about the students there. Versus when I went to North, which is actually a primarily white school, my mom was up there a lot of times talking to the principal and stuff like that, but they cared enough to make sure that they were on me, make sure I was doing really good in my grades. If I felt in something, they had me tutoring the next day. They even have a study week where when finals are near, you go to the school, you have a bunch of different classes that you need help in those finals that you study and cram in all the um, material before the actual exam. Yeah, I um what you said about the uh, African American school, it's I think it the minority the school being minority school and having less resources has to do like with the taxes that are being paid around the school. Like it depends on the area where the school has been built in, because you know in Bakersfield there are a lot of areas where there's a lot of redlining and gentrification going on and then there are just those schools that are in the redlining areas are just like the more poor schools so there's like so the taxes that go towards schools are just less which means the students are not going to have enough resources and the issue I don't know, like, but how, what do you think they could have done to improve the schools at Arkansas? Um, Arkansas schoolings, they just need resources and more teachers, probably people who actually care about the kids. Yeah, that's nice. Cause uh, also here when we were talking about um, speech impairment, cause my sister also had like a speech impairment for a little while. So she was, actually fortunate enough to be enrolled into like a speech therapy class throughout her first few years of um, kindergarten and also first and second grade and she's she's now a really good reader and also speaks very very loud (laughs) it's actually crazy I did go to a speech impairment class for a while Mm. um I had a few um violent tics I guess when I was younger so it was hard to teach me, but they end up there teaching me speech impairment. But I never did finish the class, the classes I got close to. So I only went for, I think, the till I was like in first grade and that was it. And then when I started to actually go into school and stuff like that, like they knew I couldn't read, but it wasn't a matter of whether teaching her to read or just passing her along. It was more so that like I have to focus on the whole class. I can't focus on her all day long. So uh, most teachers, even when I actually got to California, um, like you said about the red lighting schools, mm-hmm. um, there's a school named Longfellow I went to and Williams. Those are two of the, um, I don't want to say poorer schools in Bakersfield. It's not, but it's like they, they don't have enough resources for the kids, I guess you can say. And they would just give me C's. That's like their, their, their one thing with me. I would never do the work. I would, I didn't understand. I didn't know how to read. I would never fail. I would never pass any of the tests. They just give me C's and everything. I would have a court call for the C's and D's. They'll just barely pass me so I can get out their classroom. You know, the whole no child left behind laws. Mm. So they'll just um go ahead and pass me along. Now when we're um getting into like the redlining schools, what do you call it? West High is actually um used to be a private school. It was a private school? Yes, actually really a good private school. Wow. Um there are a lot of kids from the west side that go to that school. And then there mm-hmm. are kids from my neighborhood, which is actually like kind of like the middle class or was the middle class. This is like where I live at now. It's like the lower middle class, I guess you can say. 
Mm-hmm. So when you combine both of those together, you have kids at that school that excel high. Like they need to go to another school because they are above the school basically and the curriculum mm-hmm. is too easy for them. Mm-hmm. But then you have all those kids from the West side coming to this school and they, some of them need to be pushed, others need help. Instead of them helping the children at that school, they kind of just do the no kid left behind thing where they just kind of pass them along through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of kids, I met a guy who had just got out of jail. I kid you not. He had just got out of jail. He had to go to school because his parole officer told him either he'd go to school or he'd go back to jail. And that's the only reason he was there for. So instead of the school taking an interest in him and like, okay, we're going to help this kid turn his life around. They were like, we're going to put him in the lower classes. Just put him somewhere so he can get out of the way. If he gets in trouble, expel him as soon as possible. And mm-hmm. they kept putting him in these classes where you put someone, if you put someone in, especially, okay, this is African-American talking about too. So they put a lower, um, uh, African-American kid straight out of jail into a, a lower class because they think they're going, he's going to cause problems. Well, everyone's in his classrooms are already problematic. You put more problematic people with more problematic people, it's going to cause problems, right? Yeah. So they put him in his classes thinking he was slow. And the kid was actually very smart. Like very smart. He had already knew the material. He had already did it where he was at. He was, in, you know, in jail. All you do is read. So he had already knew his material. He was already like done with like this. He gets done. He just sitting down. He needed to be put into a higher curriculum class. He needed to be put somewhere that was actually challenging him. But just because of his record, they had already judged and said that this is where he had to go. So they are setting him up for failure before he even they ever gave him a chance. They didn't give him a chance to fix himself. So to to the school, they think of it as a way to protect the other people that are normal students away from this ex-convict who is who is just placed in their school to make everyone else comfortable. And I I also find that the no child left behind policy really interesting because I went to most of my school like uh, elementary, kindergarten and uh, high school in Nigeria. And we didn't have those policies in place because you said um, students here, even if you don't pass or if you don't do well, you still get like a C or a D and you get moved along to the next class. In Nigeria, it's different because uh, I've seen like a, a lot of people or a couple classmates of mine who we'd never, we didn't graduate at the same time at all, even though we started at the same time. Because they failed like a, one class, they got maybe a D, and they they had to retake the class, or they had to repeat the whole letter grade, like the whole grade, like they could they would be stuck in ninth grade until they could pass the class, or they or if they just can't afford it anymore, they'll just have to quit going to that school. It was a private school though, and private schools are usually more expensive. So usually most of the things we've seen most of my classmates do was that if they repeated that same grade, like the ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, they would have to repeat it, repeat it, and then their parents are like, we can't keep paying for like this money just for you to fail the the whole grade again. So they drop out and also go to public schools and public schools in Nigeria are not the best at all. But it's 
just like a cheaper way of education, but it may not be like at the same the level as the private year. school too. And so it's it doesn't really challenge the students enough. And so the student gets moved on to the next grade and they just uh, sometimes just end up dropping out overall or just never attend college or finish high school at all. Yeah. So yeah, schools in California, I was actually fortunate enough to go to school at uh, Clovis North High School and the school was really good. We had a lot of resources. My counselor would tell me, this is a class you need to take. She would tell me about like the college classes I could take at the community college to help me get like my credits faster and also, you know, cut down on money for college. So I wish like the school at Arkansas or school, certain schools here in Bakersfield or in California would also do the same and also maybe provide more opportunities for more options of AP classes to some students. So I think that would make there like a lot of things that could make school more, just more easier for people. Cause I feel like the schools need to understand that we have a lot of students from different backgrounds and so many walks of life and you can't just cater, you can't just segregate, you can't, yeah, you can't just segregate just like a group of people thinking, oh, this person will make school uncomfortable. Like when you, especially like that boy, the ex-convict, he, he got out of jail to make his life better. He was sent back to high school so he can have better a better future. But now you're putting him in, in lower classes where he won't be able to be challenged as much as much as he was supposed to be. And also, he could also lose interest again in classes because he's like, I'm finding this too easy. Like, why are they treating me like this? And he probably also feels like the kind of isolated like he also probably feels isolated because of the way the school treated him or the way they placed him in that special class just because of his record those classes were um meant for kids who either were already getting in a bunch of trouble and just weren't doing good in school or people like me where I was transferred from school and they offered me to be in um in the uh what do you call it and you know apex is no apex is where you go and you make up work that you either you make up a class that you either failed or you're trying to get ahead on the class Mm -hmm. i had already took i was already taking the class in there and i didn't want to take two classes at one time so i just actually into um the algebra class so he was in there with me and when he was taught like you could just tell he probably was you know doing something bad anyways but thing thing was like they never gave him an opportunity to change. So if he was doing something bad, then you you never did give him an opportunity to change in the first place. And then when you start thinking about it, like it's it's not just him and several kids like that that go to that that school, because even if the kids are not going to jail, detention, right? Kids who go to detention a lot. Let's say say if a kid go to detention, they go to school one day, one day they don't want to you know be a troublemaker or whatnot. But they're still putting them, in, putting them in this lower class just because they don't want them to make noise into the honors class. Oh, you know, when we go in this honors class, it can't be loud. You can't do this. You can't do that. You got to make it um, for everyone to listen. But this kid clearly is over the curriculum. If a kid is making straight A's in your class and straight A's in all of their work, 
if you know that the teachers are like, oh, he's passing, it's easy for him, he doesn't want to do the work anymore, like, if it's this easy, then you have to find some type of alternative for this person to do better. And then you, it also falls in factors with people having mental disabilities, too. People don't take them into factors either, like, okay, yeah, this kid's acting out, but we are kids, I mean, we were, you know, there are kids, and a lot of kids suffer with ADHD. They can't sit down. They move a lot. But then you have those, like I said, it has a lot to the parents too. Um, not being really of like in their children's lives a lot or in, you know, involved. So they won't know the kids have ADHD and that's why they're moving around so bad, so much. And then they move around so much and they're labeled as bad in the school because they can't focus in class. And so now they are being bad because they already been written off by the school, you know? And then, like I told you, that school used to be a private school. It didn't like it wasn't like it didn't always have resources. It had resources at one point in time. It was a good school, but it also it goes with the um what level the school is like D one, D two, D three. Mm-hmm. I think that school is a D three school, um, and they base the schools off of you know how many kids graduate, how many kids um have. You know the reading test, the star reading, whatever, not star reading, but the yeah, S-class. the California test and yeah, how many kids pass? I mean, get a high score. They they base everything off of how high and well the school is doing. But if you're giving the school limited resources for the kids to learn, and then you're making us take these tests and we're not doing as good as the other schools are, well, duh, because we didn't have the resources they did. They had you know, teachers who can sit down and focus with them and teach them this and that. Like a lot of these schools that I went to, I went to Wasco and they were, I think, two months behind North. When I went from Wasco to North, they were two months behind. So when the school year ends, that means that's two months of work that they did not learn, which seems like nothing, but that's two chapters of work they didn't learn. So whenever they go to the 11th grade, they move to another school. That's some, that's some work they're missing. That's something that they didn't get to learn. So now they're behind the other kids. And then they're going to say, well, that kid's just slow. They're just dumb. No, they're just ignorant to this work because they didn't have the resource that they need to learn this work. And then I went to West. It was kind of just like a breeze for me because I went from North. And North, like I said, they were a little bit more ahead than other schools. I went from North to West. And they were doing their three chapters of behind. And the English class wasn't even learning. Like, their work in the English class was so easy. It was unbelievable. They don't even challenge the kids. I'm not playing with you. They don't even challenge the kids. Like, they just basically give you, um, in the morning time, we would go in, we would um, watch a TV, like the the CN News, what do you call it, CNN? Uh-huh. We'd watch the news, write about the news, what we just watched. We'd read a book. After do that, we'll, she teaches a lesson plan. It was like being in the fifth grade again. That's what we were doing. Oh wow! She was her teaching style was like we were in the fifth grade, and then that was what that. But that's what the kids' capacity was with the schooling. But then you had kids in the classroom who were bored throughout the class because they already it was easy for them. But then half of the classroom also wasn't going to graduate, and she knew that the school knew that. So why even try? Um, well, I feel like it's really bad because also the students that are already ahead, you're also trying, you're also dumb and like their, their senses are getting, getting duller because you're supposed to make things challenging for them. So they can learn more, but they're not learning. They're just breezing through school. So then when you get into college, 
and you want to take certain classes, you can't take certain classes because you didn't learn this in school, you know? Yeah, and, and like example. Um, example right would now, be like, a, oh, oh, sorry. An example would be like a critical thinking class because there are some uh, schools that don't teach students how to think deeply about like their, let's say you have an English paper, an article to write about, but some people just, you know, like you just see, read and pour back everything. You regurgitate, you're just giving back what you read, which exactly. is a uh, thin, but I, I wish they would just make students have like more deeper thinking papers or more deeper thinking answers or questions to ask them so it would make critical thinking a much more just a more enjoyable class for students uh, that was my 11th grade teacher my 12th grade reading teacher at um was it was still very easy i'm gonna i'm gonna take a guess and say that your your freaking english teacher probably at your school probably did a lot more critical thinking than mine did um we we touched basis on critical thinking. Like we didn't go into detail on it. Um, I think I learned more about critical thinking at the time when I was at um North. My teacher was very determined to make sure that we were um educated. She challenged us a lot at North actually. Um, but when we when I started going to that school, I noticed that we only did so much critical thinking. Like we just we basically just touched like the very top layer of it. Like you know how like, you can go really deep into that. It, we touched like the very beginning, like we know what it is, basically. We didn't have to really write about critical thinking or write in critical thinking. Like when we answer a question, we have to do like a detailed, like nothing. Like she'll be, she'll basically say, just don't think too hard, just write. So we really didn't do as much critical thinking. It, I don't know, schools, like the schools, they don't really have challenges for kids or especially African-Americans that they've already written off. If they've written you off already, then you're just not really going to succeed unless you push through and you're very determined or it's like, I'm going to succeed. But a lot of those kids, they're already from bad environments. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna fight. No one's fighting for them. They don't know the fight yet. And when they start wanting to fight, they feel like it's too late. They give up. Yeah. They think there's no point in fighting when the others are not even fighting. So they just sit down. Exactly. They just let their life kind of flow. Yeah, it's like whatever goes, whatever goes. Because, I don't know, school, school, they don't really, school's not in favor of African-Americans in America. In Bakersfield. (laughs) (laughs) What about your uh, Bakersfield College then? How do you feel about that? I haven't really been, that's why I wanted to do a broader uh, range because I haven't been in Bakersfield College that long. I haven't experienced a lot, but I've experienced a little bit of craziness um, with financial aid and signing up with financial aid. And um, they told, I had to run around. I went up to the counselors and she told me to um, basically go onto the website and do this and do that. And I did it while I was on the computer with her. She said I was done. Then I went to the financial aid. I'm not the financial aid, but I went to the um, yeah, financial aid office, mm-hmm. and they told me that that wasn't right and that I need to do this instead. I had the whole run around, and I I didn't I didn't have a counselor. I still don't have a counselor. Um, at first I talked to a counselor, and 
she was very rude. She didn't care at all. She didn't, she had no type of like, I asked her, I was like, I was, I'm new to, I'm new to college, right? I just got out of high school. I didn't even think I was going to make it to college. So I'm new. I need help. And I just wanted to know, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do a business administration. What are the classes I need? And she was like, don't focus on that right now. Just focus on getting your um, general, you know, classes done. But I'm like, I, I need to know ahead of time. And she was like, well, we're going to do this. And she, and then she just um, started rolling me for classes. And I was just like, well, I don't want to do um, fall semester right now because I'm not mentally, mentally prepared for it. And she was like, well, I'm going to put you in eight credits and you you tell me like how it goes basically. And I was just like, okay. And then she signed me up for um, math and tools success. Signed me up for two classes. Mm-hmm. And then she put me in a summer class also. I did not ask for that whatsoever. I literally said, I'm okay. And she was like, well, you, you need to um, learn how. She's so I kept asking her like stuff about college. She's like, well, you want to learn about college? It's going to help you. I went into that class. It did not help. Um, only thing it told me was where everything was at. That was my, not my questions at all. I, I did not, I didn't, need, I didn't need to know where, you know, human resources building was. I needed to know, um, what are the black programs in, in college? What are their meeting times at? How do I get to these black programs? Um, what do they have black counselors for the black students? When, if I need mm-hmm. to talk to a counselor, um, who is my counselor? Stuff like that. I still don't know who my counselor is to this day. And it was just like, she didn't care. She just rushed me ahead. And I got a second counselor that I talked to. Mm-hmm. She actually cared. She was a minority. The first one was a white lady. The second one was a um, Hispanic lady. She checked up on me a lot. She get, she asked me for my number, so she checked up on me. She checked up on me a lot. She was like, um, are you okay? Um, do you need help with something? Uh, do you sign financial aid already? This and that. She checked, she checked on me until she um, couldn't no more, basically. Because mm-hmm. we were all not really like, we went from the summer to fall semester already. So I don't think I was under her anymore, but she was helping me for the summer semester, make sure that I was set for this credits wise. Yeah. That's like what I want to do. Cause I went from one to a psychology major to one to do cosmetology to business, you know, mm-hmm. she was yeah. making sure that I was making the right decision with this major that I wanted to do. She was trying to make sure that my head was really, but she was telling me, you don't want to change your entire major when it's too late. Yeah. So and I feel like that had a lot to do because she was minority. Yeah, minority, I think so, too. And it, she had a more connection. Versus the white lady, I don't think she cared at all. <laughs> she was like, just get out of my office right now. <laughs> and you could tell that she was tired and not focused. And that goes to what I was saying about the kids in freaking high school. They don't care enough. And I don't think she was caring enough. They have their own post- personal problems. And I get that. Everyone has their own personal problems. It's okay to have your personal problems in all days. But you shouldn't bring your problems to work. Not every day, anyways. And I feel like they do that a lot. And but when you do, when you bring your personal to work, you don't focus on what what you need to focus on. And um, you don't help who needs to be helped the most. And African Americans don't really have as much help, especially on campus. Um, one of the um dudes were telling me he had been going to BC before. He's been there for a while now. And he told me, he was like, there's more resources for the African-Americans now because we have programs like the DSU, yeah. um, um, Umoja. Yes, um, Umoja. We have more programs, but it's still hard for us on campus. It's not easy. 
it's still going to be trials and tribulations. Oh um, yeah, definitely. You have to. You have to basically, if you want to find something out, you have to ask another African American student or another African American someone to get the notes where where something's at, or figure it out on your own somehow, some way. Because it was hard. Because I feel like I've I, I asked a lot of people um, when I first got there what about about the Emoja program. They knew nothing about the program actually. Uh, I don't know if it yeah. was just like they didn't want to answer my questions or they just seriously did not know where the program was. Like I want to know where the meetings were going to be at. I think, I personally think it's, I don't think it was uh, promoted as much as, like, the other programs, like, the, I don't know what other programs, but, like, the other basic programs, like, EOPNS and others, because I I also attended Bakersfield College, and uh, I only found out about Emoja, like, my final semester, and, no, like, the semester before my final semester and she was and I went to the office like to, to the professor I don't remember her name and she told me she basically explained like you'd have to take some of these classes that align with the Emoja uh, program and you'd uh, take you'd have to take it at certain and they had it set for certain semesters so it's yeah. like a miss or a win because I looked at all the classes and to see like which one I would take but I already took like most of it and the ones that are available that I was interested in taking it would have to I would have to wait like almost a a whole other semester so it would have pushed back my transferring date so I didn't want that so I was I was just like then I guess I'm not joining Emoja then exactly I'll have to find out what that's happening yeah, I think it should be on the English building, in English language building side. I don't. It's like this side of the campus. You know, but the you know the campus is getting rebuilt though. Oh, try. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, about the counselor also for Bakersfield College. I do not know. I mean, okay, my first semester. I was still at Fresno, and I mo- I missed my registration date by like almost a month so I came (laughs) I came back I came to um, then I moved to Bakersfield and I got my registration done by I had like all art and humanities classes and I was a biology yeah like I had art appreciation music appreciation and all the classes no one wants to take like this (laughs) all those classes because all the major classes have been closed down or it's too full and I was a bio major at that time and so I was stressing out because I was like I don't know like I know I'm late for my registration but you know like there should still be something but my counselor was so rude when she said it like she even when she was speaking in the class she was just like she didn't even ask for my opinion she was like so this are the classes you take like this remaining four classes are what you take and then the next semester the I asked like the professor the counselors I was like do we have I was telling her my plan I plan to be a bio major and a minor in psychology she was like there's no such thing as a minor in Bakersfield College but then I would ask other people and they're like yes there is something like a minor in Bakersfield College so I was really confused because it was like she it's like she didn't (laughs) want to do the extra work to help me they don't so I was really frustrated and I had to sign up for the EOPNS program. And that was when I finally got like a counselor that actually listened to my plans. And 
when also like told me like he would ask me he was also like a minority I don't yeah I don't know like he's not Hispanic he's from like uh the Middle East and he told me uh like he told me about his own experience going to college too and that he didn't have like really good counselors so he was so he would tell me like whenever you're coming in have a plan like tell me all your ideas like whatever you're planning so we can work through it together but the previous counselors she didn't even want to hear whatever i said like it felt like she was trying to take me through the easiest route like i mean sure make it easy for me but also make it something that that actually has my interest in it not just because you're doing lazy work so I was I was just thankful to my other counselor who I met through the EOPNS program. I find that a lot of people like would be a lot of people who work in the school systems, they would probably think like you don't know how hard it is being a teacher or how hard it is being a counselor or whatever, but I find that especially counselors, they find the easiest route for them. Okay. Um, they find the sorry. <laughs> okay, a lot of student, a lot of teachers and counselors, whatever, they'll be like, "Oh, you don't know how it is. Hard, how hard it is." And I understand that they are like the backing bone of the, you know, America. I guess you could say what they say. The yeah. teachers are the backbone of us. But I've learned dealing with counselors that they are lazy. I can't even put it in any other way. Like they will literally make sure that they have the easiest route for them. Whatever is the quickest way to get you out of their face, they will do it because they don't want to deal with someone who's talking about, well, I don't really know what I want to do with my major, but also I want to do this, but I, I, I think I want to do this. They don't want that. They want someone who I know what they're talking about. And even then they want to take the easier route. They don't want you to be in their faces but that's your job. <laughs> that's, this is what you're here for. You're here to help me put me on a good path. And then this is why I've, I've, I literally have a strong opinions about African-Americans on campus because especially African-Americans, it's very valuable for someone to help them or just Africans in general. It's, it's We need someone to help us in general because of the simple fact of we don't know what to do half of the time. And society is not on our side half of the time. We're not going to have someone just like, oh, I got you. I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help you do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's valuable for you to have someone who actually cares versus someone who's like, well, you just got out of high school and I don't I don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to do. We don't know what you want to do. It's okay, though. We don't care. Just figure it out. Versus someone who had the right resources. I'm going to say this. So not all African-American kids come from bad backgrounds or bad schools, first of all. But the ones who do it's viable for them to have someone who actually cared because number one, they've already been discouraged enough to, you know, tell like you get, I heard, I heard there's a lot going on going to school that you're, you're probably not going to make it past ninth grade. You're probably not going to make it past 10th grade. If you make it to the 10th grade, I would be shocked. People like teachers say that a lot. So whenever you finally do get to college and you're asking this counselor, what do I do? And they're looking at you like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is your life. You're like, yeah, but you're my counselor. You're supposed to help me set a path for myself. And I don't want no lazy path. I don't want just some path that was easy and convenient for you. I want something that actually helps me throughout my college degree, you know? Yeah. Towards my I, and then, oh, go ahead. 
And I think uh, with what you're saying, I think part of it is that they all have, you know, like there are just some resources they have available, but it's whatever they like, okay, say, let's say someone's trying to become like a doctor, for example, it's, it's not easy, but the steps are get your community college associates degree, transfer to a four-year college, and then you get ready. Like, these are the classes you need to take. These are the classes you need to take bio, math, organic chemistry, blah, 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 blah. Then go, you can apply to uh, medical school when you're ready to apply. But then when you ask for like some other programs, it's like they're not doing their research enough for those other programs that divert that diverge from those typical um, programs. Like what about the people who are trying to maybe become social workers or like going for a psychology degree, like a PhD exactly. degree or someone who's, it's just like they have some certain fixed um, um like pathways, but they should, I feel like whenever they see it like a unique one, like you're trying to create like a new pathway, then that's when they're like, oh no, I don't know of it. But I feel like, yes, sure, you may not know of it, but it would be nice for you to do some research about it and maybe help the student figure out how he or she can go about it. A pathway that I hear a lot from that I was actually told and recommended to go to a lot and I really don't want to do it and that's why I never gave it a thought was nursing. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, my first, I think, um, dual enrollment class, we had like a talk with um, people from the school. She was like, you guys should all look into nursing. Nursing is a good path. It's good money, da, da, da. And then I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to do psychology. So that's why my first path um, where I had made was psychology. And I was like, I want to do psychology. Then I was kind of discouraged from the psychology. People were like, you're not going to make much money in psychology. It's not much money. Um, and then it was like, you're going to have to do people all day talk about their feelings and their problems. And they were just kind of like not. They were given they, all the cons of the job. Yeah. And, really gave and I was really young. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then it was just like. They didn't know. They were like, hey, you have to take. I remember she was telling me, like, um, psychology is really hard. You have to take psychology. It's really, really hard. You're not going to be able to take this, these classes and do what you want and this and that. Like, she was just very discouraging. And then I, when I started um, BC, mm-hmm. uh, when I started BC for business, um, there's also another girl. I don't think she made any harm about it, but it just was she was talking to me. It was kind of annoying at this point in time. I've heard it so much. She was like, oh, you should really look into nursing. Nursing is a good field and make my money. I'm getting paid this much money for doing this and doing that. The crazy thing is, is my mom works in the hospital and she's been working there all my life. And she's told me how the nurses work, CNAs work. They, you know, how, how hospitals really go and how nurses really get treated. And I've met nurses in the past, and they're like, it's not worth it. It's back, you know, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. You shouldn't, the money's not worth it. Yeah, you make this much money, but your body has so much wear and tear on it at the point that it's just, like, not worth it. But Mm. not the point. Um, It's just they try to, like, take you through certain pathways that are easiest. Or teaching pathway also was very recommended to me. Are you sure, you know, you should (laughs) you should become a teacher. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to become a teacher. That's not my dream. When I said business, it was like, they really don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. Yeah. They don't know how to get me there. It was more so of, well, 
we can put you in a math class because business has to do with math. <laughs> you know, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to like. And now I'm finding out that the math, the math class that I'm taking wasn't actually the math class that I was supposed to be in for business. It was supposed to be another class, but they took that class away. So now this is the only option that I do have. And they didn't know my they don't they didn't know my next classes for next semester. I have to literally go and make my own business plan. Like I have to remake my business plan over again. So the, t- the council who set it up, she set it up all rushed and fast and crazy. I have to go in there and make sure all the credits that I need and how long, how many credits do I need to take through the semesters to get through in two years and all this stuff? I basically have been my own counselor since the 11th grade anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so I had to set up for myself, but I also had, a, um, and this is actually crazy, it was an um, African-American dude, he was telling me um, if I ever need any help to contact him, right? So mm-hmm. I contacted him because I really need to, I need to put a plan out already because I'm like, okay, uh, fall semester is going to go by really fast. I already have a figure it's going to go by really fast. We're almost done with fall semester right now as it is. Okay. And I needed help setting up for spring semester already. And when I texted him, he didn't even answer. Like, I, I texted him twice on email. He never even answered. So it was just more so like, African-American kids, if, if I'm having it this hard, just trying to figure out my next step, imagine those kids who came into college unprepared like just don't know what they want to do I had a figure of what major I want to go to imagine those African-American kids who came on campus don't know what major they want to do don't know what's their next step in life let alone college they're just here because they want to go to college in general no wonder so many African-American kids are dropping out every year and they don't want to go to school anymore because it's so discouraging for us to go yeah, or or they end up staying at community college for God knows when, like for so exactly. long. And you're oh like, Wait, you've been here for 10 years? <laughs> one, okay, so this is tripping me out. So I tell everyone that I was taking mad credits to get through in two years, right? I actually wanted to make it a year and a half, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that and mm-hmm. still have a life. So um, I was going to do um, a year and a half. Now I'm doing two years or associate, and then moving on to a community, I mean, a, a university, right? Yeah. So one of the girls was trying to tell me, like, oh, you can do four years to support an associate. And she was supposed to be helping me. And I was like, four years? I was like, it didn't make sense to me. Because in my head, I'm thinking, four years? You still have a bachelor's degree already. In my mind, and my goals, how I'm setting my life up to go, I might not have my future fully planned out, but I'm getting there at least. And the way that I want to go in my life, I do not want to be in a community college for four years. It doesn't make sense to me. If I'm not getting a bachelor's degree, then why am I here? Yeah. So when she told me that, I just looked at her really crazy because it was like, what are you talking about? Four years for an associate degree? And it was just like, what? And stuff like that, they'll tell African-American students and minority students, stuff like that. Oh, you can just do the four years. because fine. And then that's another thing too, financial aid. Yeah, they, they try to they trap say, you with the financial aid. They're uh-huh. like, you will get more money if you just stay and do this many credits and this and that. You're just taking all these classes that you really don't even need for your degree. Yeah, they you tell just, you to take your time. And just do you get money for Just take your time. <laughs> exactly. It's like the money's not that important. You know, I need to go ahead and get my degree at this point. So they try to trap you with the money. Like, I remember, oh, this is the biggest thing too. The lady told me, um, remember I told you I wasn't ready to take fall semester, right? So. The lady had told me, she's like, if you just take 12 credits right now, you'll get this much money in financial aid. I told you that I couldn't take one credit and you already got me eight. What made you think I'm going to take 12 credits? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, just for money? Like, at, at, then 
And then that's another thing too. They don't tell you they're not they're trying to trap you. Because if you take those fall semester classes and it doesn't work out and you drop out, you now owe financial aid money. Yes, and a lot of do. kids do not know that. I've met so many kids telling me, especially African, I met a lot of black kids telling me, I didn't know I owed them money. Now I'm in debt. Oof. And now how much debt are you in? And I'm thinking they're going to say like 5000 Like, no, I went two semesters and I didn't pay any of that back. And I'm like, two semesters? They're like, but they told me it was free money. Nothing's free in this world. I know that, but not everyone knows stuff like this. <laughs> so, yeah. they're, they're not, and then it's like, they, it's like they're, they're messing these kids' futures up just because they're telling them they can get money or they can get this, they can get that. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not about the money. You're supposed to be going out to get education. And they force them into these goals and stuff like that. Like, if you already don't know what you want to do while going to college or have a plan set, and someone's pushing nursing into you or pushing um, teaching onto you, eventually you're going to find out, I don't want to do this. But hopefully it's not later than, like, sooner. Yeah. But a lot of yeah. the times it gets to that point where you end up not wanting to do this career after it's too late. Yeah, definitely. After you've already taken all these classes and wasted all this money and time. And then I didn't actually know this. If you fell a class, you only have so many times to take the, take the class over. Same. Before I, they stop paying. I also didn't know you'd have to pay back your financial aid before. Because my mom was talking to me about her, like one of her work, like her co-workers went to Bakersfield College as a nursing program. And she failed a class, I think, got it less than a C, I think. And so she had to pay like the money back. And my mom was like, oh, you're probably going to have. I was like, no, I've never had to pay money back. Like, I, well, I didn't fail my class. But I think it's because like there are a lot of I think the counselors try to entice people with the money because there are like a couple of students I've heard be like, oh, I can't wait for financial aid to come in. I'm about to get that new uh, coach bag or whatever they're trying yes. to Yes. It's like you're building your your expenses. Like you're, it's not even, an, it's not even a need. It's your wants on your financial aid budget. They give you, for, but the thing about financial aid is I do, I did learn. They do give you chances for you to pay it back though. They give you one more chance to take the class over again. If you fell that that second time, you had to pay it all back. Oh wow! But and then like I mean, if you if you keep passing classes, you never have to pay anything off. So I mean, I guess pass your classes. But yeah. a lot of like minority people, a lot of minority. I can't. I can't stop saying students. I mean, we are students, but a lot of like the older ones who not just they're not. A lot of older minority who've mm-hmm. already kind of experienced Bakersfield College. You know who they are. They know this, right? They're telling us. Oh, don't fail this class. You have to pay the money back. Oh, yeah. don't do this, you know. And I'm grateful for them because a lot of like that's how I learned a lot of my stuff. Like my mom either told me that she went to Bakersfield College, uh-huh. and if not her, someone who's probably older that I met on campus, they'll tell me like certain things, the do's and the don'ts on college campus. But I'm expecting counselors to tell me this. I'm expecting yeah. people that I talk to in financial aid to tell me this because when I thought I went to financial aid like six times. I think in my first two months, I kid you not to figure out financial aid. During that whole time, they were trying to get me to take more credits. I kid, like, she was like, you would get way more money to take more credits, 12 credits. More money to take more credits, 12 credits, 12 credits, 12 credits, 12 credits. I did not want to take 12 credits. Thank God that I didn't take 12 credits. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, you take more credit, but you're, 
and you're being paid, but the, what are the chances that I'm going to actually ace all those classes that I'm actually taking on and not pay back the money? You know, like I'm, I'm that's when regret. That, that's when regret like steps in because you're like, I wish I didn't take more classes and exactly. focus on this classes instead. So now I wouldn't have to pay back this fifty, no, fifteen thousand I owe or something, you know. I want to do um, a two-year track, right? So um, I am taking another class this semester to, for 11 credits. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, okay, 11 credits. Because I didn't want to do 21 credits for a spring semester. I, I really did not want to do 21 credits. So I just went on to take one of the classes that I need to take then now. And I'm not doing bad and I'm passing and everything like that. But there are certain people in there who are just like in the back of the classroom that just sit down in their minority also. They just sit down, they're quiet, they don't say much. They take a test, they hurry up, check a random question, they pass it in, they keep going. And then they'll say stuff like that, I'm just here for the money. And I'm thinking that they're like, they probably don't know, like this, that money isn't free like you think it is. Like they give you that money, it's like a like a grant. It is a grant actually. They just oh, give man. you the money for the being time for you to pass. But if you're not passing these classes, then you need the money back at this point in time. And then a lot of things that like, um, a lot of things they don't tell you either. Like they don't tell you a lot. they just tell you about the money you're going to get money you should go to school because you're going to get paid for going to school it sounds good but it's not and then they don't tell you about how you're going to go and how you're going to pay for the college when you go to actual university if you take those four those four full years because financial Mm -hmm. aid uncovers four years most of the time Mm -hmm. and then they don't tell you to save your money up you know yeah definitely that's 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 what my goal is to save the, the rest of the money I get from financial aid up mm-hmm. for our university. Yeah. They don't tell you to save money up. They just tell you, you know, get the money. They just tell you, you receive financial aid. Uh, be sure to make sure you check it. And that's how they don't advise, like, for people. I mean, like, I know, like, they're, they expect us, like, we're adults. We're 18 or older in college. So they expect us, like, you're an adult. You should think for yourself now. But we are adults. but we're new adults. We're new into college. We Honestly. don't exactly know how the wor- world works. Like, you give us so much money. If I didn't have the parents It's I like had, giving a freaking 15-year-old $100. They're going to spend yeah. that $100, like, as soon as possible because we don't yeah. they, they, they need some money. Yeah, it's like... give an 18-year-old $500, $5,000, $4,000. Like they, they're going to go crazy. They just gave an 18-year-old $4,000. Yeah. Them. Yeah. It's like it's like you now have the freedom in your hands to do whatever <laughs> you want. So I feel like we then you also need to like incorporate like ideas or um advices for more students on how to like take care of their financial aid, not just like you're going to get it. Yeah, okay, bye bye. Like like in case you do plan to go to for, like transfer as a transfer student, you should probably plan to budget your classes and pay this amount, like, make sure to do your research in, in your financial aid, and be sure to save some money, because even though they, even though you are, you do need that money, not every, you may not need all of that money to pay for your school, and you know it, because obviously you're the one spending it, so you should know what you need and what you don't need, like, this is not the time to concentrate on getting a coach bag or a Gucci shoe. Exactly. And the second thing is, I wish they would also 
I wish, I mean, I, I already knew like what I wanted to do, or at least I thought I knew what I wanted to do. So I feel like also counselors who just feel like students should just come in the office and get out as soon as they can should find a way to help the students. Like here are some brokers or some flyers or some information on schools or programs or whatever you're trying to do, whatever you think you're trying to do, like can read up on it, have an idea. If you have more questions, come back or you can just do as much research you as possible because that's what I did throughout my two, two years for me to be able to transfer because I probably would have had to spend like extra year there. But I did my research. Like every time I came into my counselor's office, I had everything, bam, like this are the classes I'm taking and this is how I'm going to take it. And this is why I'm taking it. So I feel like you have to be there ready with every question. Like they ask you a question, like, bam, you have your answers. Everything has to make sense. Cause, and also be sure to keep your mind like, this is what I want. Exactly. It's, as long as you know that this is what you want, then the counselor cannot convince you to take an easier class or take it something they that will you do don't that, want to take. For sure. Yeah. I a thousand percent got lucky. I should not. I feel like now I'm regretting taking this math class now <sighs> because it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, like the black count. If I would have listened to okay, so the guy over the emoji program that I met, I had met them after I actually had the classes already, mm-hmm. and he was saying he was like, "Oh, that math class is a lot. Um, try to take it with less classes as possible." Because that's what his exact words were. But my, it was already planned out. You know, I already mm-hmm. had two success. I already had this going to be here, and I already had logic's going to be here. I already had these classes planned out for this semester because I was forced into the two already. So I was like, okay, if I'm already in these two, might as well just go ahead and do them, get them over with and do this. May think it's going to be a normal math class. Like I'm going to have exams this day and this and that. No, it's not like that at all. He's like, that class is going to be a lot more than you think it is. I got in this class and I'm like, okay, now I got to really get on this. Cause now it's really time consuming. I have to do so much to me. hours. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I wish I would have had, a counselor or someone from um, a black person basically yeah. to tell me this is going to be a lot on you especially because you're not you know you didn't come from a background of schools that were just a clashed or you know mm-hmm. schools you didn't come from the school that just was like you known this I've learned all of the information that I'm learning right now that's not the problem like you said when you don't keep advancing your mind you lose information basically yeah and that's the issue with me at the moment with going through this classroom right now so I just wish I would have had someone to like you know tell me this class is going to be a lot harder than what you think it's going to be basically and also I just wish that would someone you know anyone any one of those classes I talked to would have sat down with me and went over my path with me, went back mm-hmm. over it. Because I knew what she had put a path with um down for me, but I didn't know really where it was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't end up figuring out um what my path really was gonna be until I think like last month to be honest. That's when I really planned my path out for real. Mm-hmm. And then um I don't know. College has been crazy figuring out <laughs> how to set everything up. College has been really crazy. Yeah. Really stressful, but it, I got lucky, low key, with um, 
my um, major and everything like that because I had already been taking a business class in high school and I had talked to the business teacher um, at TSUB. Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough to know the pathway for business, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I I had I knew um, what I needed to do to get there, but I did not know about the prereqs mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's a key one. Also, like if you plan to transfer, be sure to like have 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 make sure you already looked at your future school first before you start taking your classes. Because, you, you know, like, there are certain classes of school that you're going to won't accept. And then you get there, you're like, oh, uh, no, we don't accept those 20 credits you've taken. And that's, like, 20 credits rendered useless. Exactly. That's a whole year, a whole semester, actually. That's my worst summer. fear, is going to a college. It's like, yeah, you, we don't take none of those. That, that, yeah, no. And you just did all that work for no reason. Another thing is too back to when you had said um earlier, I think it's already time. But hold on, let me say this. this is it. Um, whenever you get your um financial aid, basically mm-hmm. for the minority, um, a lot of times they just get their money, spend it, and then when it's time for a university, say if they don't have to pay, pay financial aid back, they actually pass their classes. They spent all the money for no reason. They don't tell them whenever you find you spill all that you spend all that financial aid. Financial aid still covers your classes majority of the time. Yeah. But they don't cover the extra fees because you use all your financial aid up. True, but now we at the community college for BC, if you graduate from a high school in California, you get your tuition and I think your tuition and fees waived. So the only things you're paying for at least I paid for were like my books and my classes and they were not really out of my pocket because financial aid still covered everything. So yeah, I, but you, you, you did the two years though. Yeah, I did. I'm talking like those, those kids who they say do the four years because it's easier to do four years. Oh, right. And yeah. they spend all that financial aid money and yeah, you just got to waiver it for your tuition, but mm-hmm. say if you want to live on dorm. Oh, or, you know what I'm saying? Or say yeah. you had to pay for your class still, too. So uh-huh. then you start going into a little bit of debt from loaning from the banks and stuff like that. True, true. So you still go into debt when doing that program. And that's like the most, that was the most recommended to me, at least. Uh-huh. As a Black student, that was the most recommended one. Um, uh-huh. Do the four years and then transfer to a college because it'll be a lot easier. Uh-huh. And even my mom was telling me, she said, I don't understand why would they recommend you do six years in school for a bachelor's degree. Yeah, it's like, it makes uh, sense. no, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, so we're wrapping up. And it was nice talking to you, Kamaya. Uh, do you have anything to tell the listeners before we end the podcast? No, that was it. Thank you guys for listening. Okay, uh, thank you for being a guest speaker on our um, podcast for today. And it was really nice talking to you and hearing a lot of information and insight about you about the school system and what you thought about it and i hope you have a wonderful day bye-bye bye 
Thank you for tuning in to Amplify, a podcast series for historically unheard Cabrillo students. You can join us by emailing Raina Chalice at R-A-C-H-E-L-I-S at cabrillo.edu or me, Nikia Cheney at N-I-C-H-A-N-E-Y at cabrillo.edu or even texting 951-254-3651 or visiting our website at podcastforcabrillo.wordpress.com. And amplify your own voice too.